Well, hello there. We are back with the post-wedding podcast, and today I am talking to a good friend of mine, Lara, and her husband, Jason, and I love this wedding for so many reasons, but one of them is because I photographed it, so of course I have a very strong connection with the couple and the wedding and everything about it and the plan and... Anyway, enough about me. So what I love about this wedding is the same thing I love about all weddings, but it's that Lara and Jason thought about the things that are meaningful to their relationship. They took them all, they distilled them to their essence, and they turned them into this warm, magical weekend Christmas party. So I love that because Christmas has been a really central theme in their relationship. They throw a big party every year for all their friends and they essentially treated this wedding as the biggest party, the biggest Christmas party they could possibly throw. So it was beautiful twinkly lights in a manor in Connecticut and you're going to hear all the details. I won't spoil them all but I just love the way that they came through in a sort of comfort and elegance and warmth and joy and obviously I am not biased at all. You need to hear about this wedding. Welcome to the Post-Wedding Podcast. I'm your host, Shana, and I am here today with Lara and Jason. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. Hello. Thank you. Hello. So the first thing I'd like you to do is to introduce each other to our audience. So Lara, why don't you introduce Jason first? Uh, nuts. I thought I was going to have a second. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so Jason Reed is my new husband, um, and we met on OkCupid. Uh, and we both were working in the Cambridge, Boston area at the time. Uh, and I chose to marry Jason because he uh, is my rock. And I know that he will always balance me out and will always be for be there for me, which um, was a relatively new phenomena for me in relationships. <laughs> and uh, he's somebody who I know will always stay by me. Okay, I love that. Jason, why don't you introduce Lara to us? Um, well, at first, I didn't realize the whole staying by you was so novel. That's that's lovely. Um, <laughs> or not good for you. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know which that is. That was just surprising. Um, Lara, so she did the intro. We met online. Um, we were kind of working in the same area, which was very, very convenient at, at the time. But um, no, I think the more important thing, I, I think I chose to marry Lara and I, I talked about this in our, my vows that I don't think I really chose to. I think I just kind of came to the realization that we pretty much already were married. Like we just kind of eased into it. Um, and I think what allowed that to happen in my mind and in her mind was, I presume her mind, um, <laughs> that we, it was, it was kind of the best relationship I've ever had romantic or otherwise for working through difficulties um you know we have a lot of fun together but when difficult things came up there were you know the difficult moments but then there was always pretty quickly um 
turning around and kind of talking to each other and really listening and um and it just in a very supportive way that i found pretty rare so i really valued that it was lovely baby wow beautiful and just as a heads up for anyone who's listening there's a little bit of electrical work going on at larry and jason so you may hear hammering it's just the pounding of my heart (laughs) oh as he speaks of his love for you you're fired you're so fired not at this point you're locked in bud Okay. So let's do a couple of quick facts about your wedding. Uh, when did you get married? We got married on December 29th, 2018. All right. Where was it? It's in uh, Thompson, Connecticut. Um, neither of us are from Connecticut. It was just a good halfway point in this really uh, amazing manner. Lord Thompson Manor, just a fantastic venue. Halfway point for so my family's in New York and Jason's family's in Massachusetts. So Connecticut was kind of a middle ground. Mm -hmm. Nice. And how many guests did you have? I think almost exactly one twenty, which is what we were shooting for. I don't know how that works. We ended up inviting like one hundred and fifty, hoping that one hundred and twenty. And magically, that's what happened. Yeah. Wow, you lucked out. They paid a few people off. It's all good. It's like college admissions. <laughs> and without going too much into detail, where there's some other events surrounding the wedding, a couple of people have talked about how they kind of created a whole weekend. So I just wanted to set the scene for that. Uh, yeah, I think um, so. It all started Friday night with uh, well the rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner, but then after that, a welcome party for anyone who was in the area and wanted to come and could come. Um, where you know we had the dessert essentially from the rehearsal dinner, which was lovely and well-timed. And then, you know, it was, you know, December 29th. So it was all Christmas themed. Uh, there was caroling, there was hot chocolate, there was tree decorating, uh, and just a great party. Um, and then the next day, obviously being the wedding and then, um, a goodbye brunch or farewell brunch on Sunday. So it was a whole weekend thing at the manor, the entire time. We also, also had an after party after the reception. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because we were all staying at the manor. So it's like, oh, let's just keep going. So I, I thought of about 10 things while you're talking and we're going to get into all of it. But before we do, I always like to ask, and I think you had a nice lead up to this, Jason, you were saying it felt like we were already married, but then we got married. Um, <laughs> and so I always like to ask, why did you decide to celebrate your marriage with a wedding? celebrate it with a wedding was it a foregone conclusion you always wanted to have a wedding or did you have to have a discussion were you on the same page about it you mean like as opposed to eloping or not getting married at all yeah yeah um, Yeah, basically you could elope you could yeah you could not get married you could have a tiny tiny wedding i don't know i don't think eloping was an option um not necessarily from our standpoint i don't think that would have I think we would have been disowned by many portions of our life (laughs) had we eloped um and I don't know, I, I also said this in my vows, like I've always wanted to be married. So for me, it was like, yes, I, I will get married. It's just a question of who and when. Um, I think for me, um, I had always wanted to have a, a wedding because it symbolized more than just, I think there's so much more to um, a marriage than just the two people who are involved. Um, it's about the community that surrounds you and the family and friends who help to supplement and and support your relationship. So for me, the wedding was about, you know, both 
us kind of taking this step together and being very intentional about moving forward in our lives together, but also kind of the witnessing and the active role that our community plays in our relationship. Um, and I thought that was a really nice way to honor um, our relationship within the context of our lives. Yeah, I mean, there's community. I, I would say, had it been possible to do that without me having to do public speaking in front of all those people, <laughs> that would have been better. But sure, community is important, yes. <laughs> and I think uh, when people have a wedding so i'm starting to hear themes in this podcast so <laughs> when people have a wedding that's based around community it often is a real bonus that you can have a space where people can stay together and it sounds like that's something that you did so can you tell me just a little bit more about what that was like or why you chose that venue um i think that we've both um in the course of our relationship had the uh we attended several weddings together um and of course, whenever you're in a relationship and not yet married and attending weddings, you're kind of paying attention to both the other person and what's going on around you. Um, and I think the, the weddings that we both related to the most were the ones where there was time and space outside of the ceremony and reception itself for people to be together. And, you know, what you hear all the time is it's going to go by in a blink. It's going to go by so fast and it's going to be over before you know it. And kind of hearing that and knowing that people were traveling to see us and to be with us and to celebrate with us, um, like very intentionally saying we wanted space and time and more casual opportunities throughout the weekend to spend with our people and with each other and to kind of revel in this um, celebration a little bit was really important to us. We really wanted to be able to have the time and the space to be present and not feel like we it went by and we didn't get to enjoy it. Yeah, I think back on um, one of my friend's weddings that we went to, it was lovely, it was another kind of weekend affair. And I think my favorite part of it was after the wedding, after the reception and dancing and everything, there was a small group of us that just kind of hung around a fire outside. My friend played guitar, we sang songs, we made s'mores, and there was like 10 of us. Um, but just that, that space and ability to kind of have those more personal moments with the people as opposed to having to just bounce around and say hi to people and that's it um that was really important and the the lord thompson manor really facilitated that really well there was you know rooms on site for uh, a couple of people mostly family um and then they and the wedding party and a little bit of the wedding party and then there was down the road just a little bit they had another kind of um cottage that was kind of linked to their property um that housed most of the rest of the wedding party um and then everybody else who was staying at the hotels and hotel blocks that was close enough that like it was very easy for people to just kind of hang out at the manor all day um yeah and we had the shuttle bus too running mm -hmm. so that made it easy for people who were staying at the hotel even though it was close by it made it easy mm -hmm. for them to come and kind of hang out and spend more time at uh with us yeah and the and the the manor had all sorts of kind of nooks and crannies where people could hang out there was um kind of the main hall area but outside there was a patio with fireplaces and there's people out there with kind of heavy blankets there was a game room downstairs uh there were just kind of smaller rooms off to the side so there's just plenty of like opportunity to kind of spend time and hang out with people after the ceremony before the ceremony and all throughout did you feel like you had a chance to spend time with sort of all 120 people 
no um (laughs) common answer don't feel bad (laughs) yeah no i mean but i think we did a better job than i anticipated i actually went in with a list of all the guests that i kept checking off throughout the day to make sure that i actually said hi to everybody um because i want i knew there were people that i was absolutely going to see and there was those that might be harder to find or to see uh and i wanted to make sure i didn't miss anyone but um I think there was definitely of like the main kind of groups of my peoples. Um, I have like distinct memories of extended periods where I was hanging out and talking with them, um, which was, which was great to do. And it wasn't all during the the reception. Like if we didn't have extra stuff, I would not have had that time. I feel similarly. I feel like I, I, I got to see everybody um, I may not have gotten to spend a lot of time with everybody, but I did get to see everybody. And then there were the moments outside of the wedding itself that where I really felt like it was interesting. It was like I got to be in my own skin a little bit more and to be with people in a way that was not just me in a fluffy dress, um, you know, getting married. Um, <laughs> so it felt more more homey. Um, I really. Like, oh, go ahead. Nope, you're good. I really, uh, that phrase to be in my own skin really uh, like kind of stood out to me. Did you feel like there were moments where you were, I don't know, because you putting on the dress and did you feel like there were moments, what, what was the feeling that took you out of your own skin? So I think that, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this later. There are a lot of opinions and expectations and, you know, even in your own mind, what you build up the wedding day to be. Um, and you know, I tried to be very, both of us trying to be very purposeful and very intentional, um, about as many elements of the wedding as we could. Um, but at the end of the day, like I still put on a white dress. I still had my hair done. I still had my makeup done. And it was kind of interesting to note times when I was kind of outside of myself, like an outside observer versus when I was very present and in my own skin, like when, things were a little more casual and like what did that represent for me in terms of the significance of the day like when I was feeling more like an outside observer was when I was walking down the aisle and during the ceremony and kind of experiencing this like very serious formal romantic thing um, that kind of falls outside of your everyday day-to-day life um, and being surrounded by all these people at once who exist in your life in different compartments and different times. Um, so like those kind of more surreal moments are wonderful and they're great to have, but I'm really glad they were balanced by other moments where I could really kind of feel more in my rea- my like my reality, so to speak, you know, my life and what this big thing means in, in for me as, a, as Lara in her life, you know? Yeah. yeah, I think the the time when I felt most, um, I, yeah, I, I would never say I felt out of my skin. For me, it was more like there was just times um, where I was more present. Um, and those were generally the unscripted times. Like the, the scripted times just kind of felt like they had their own energy. And it was just this wave that just went, whether I was with it or not. I just happened mm-hmm. to be riding the wave. And it's like, oh, great, this is, this is going and I'm going to ride it to the end. Um, but then when there was just kind of moments where... I was talking with people or we were kind of having a quiet moment on our own. Um, and I just felt very in the whole weekend um, as opposed to kind of watching it happen, which was good. That's so interesting. I feel like I could spend an hour just talking about that, which we will not do. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but um yeah i mean i think both what you both said is really important kind of a lesson because larry you were talking about how there's so much expectation built mm-hmm. up yeah and right wave Jason like the day is moving and I think you have an expectation and then you're in the moment you're like oh my god this is really happening like Mm -hmm. that's that kind of looking in on yourself feeling but then also saying hey but we can find space for it to feel real we can find pauses and time to be together when we can really sink into the moment that's so important so I feel like that's important to reiterate mm-hmm. too. Yes, totally agree. And that's something that we we very intentionally tried to build in as well as be mindful of on the day because we knew on the day it was going to be harder to kind of pop it out of thin air so to speak. So we were tried to be very intentional about that. And and that was through the other events that you had going on or something else. I think else? both. And and Jason feel free to jump in here, but we we um uh, the morning of the wedding, um, I very much wanted to do some kind of guided meditation slash intention setting. Um, and our very dear friend, Amy McGuire, um, led a small guided meditation for us. And like we used it as a moment, both before we met with her walking down the street together to get to um, where she was going to meet us. And during the session itself, just to kind of like enter into the space of the day together. And that was planned and very intentional. Um, And then uh, Jason really wanted to take a moment after the toasts, after the ceremony and before the reception, just the two of us to let it kind of sink in um, that, you know, we'd gotten through the ceremony that, you know, what the ceremony had meant to us. And uh, before we went out to celebrate with all of our guests to remember very much about a promise we made to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think, um, those are the two things I was going to mention. I just, there's, there's one small story that I have to relay here. So <laughs> at Lord Thompson, um, the, the kind of main the guy who was kind of running the whole day that the day or the whole weekend was this amazing guy, Ted, um, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, and it just immediately felt like family. And as we were sitting <laughs> forgot about this. in this side room, just kind of taking a moment to ourselves, um, we started to hear music and of course there was music going on but we heard singing and it's like what is going on and ted had been guarding the door to make sure that no one kind of came in while we were taking our moments to kind of reflect on all this and what we realized was you know there was christmas music playing because it was a christmas wedding and ted was singing along to the music and serenading us like through the door um Which took us out of the previous moment a little bit, but brought us into another equally amazing moment. Where it was like, oh my God, what? where are we? This is incredible. You were staring into each other's eyes and then you remembered, oh, we have to go back to our wedding. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't even, I mean, like you say, like, oh, you take a moment in a small room to yourselves. It's like, that sounds so romantic. And like, it, it was, but it was also just like a, holy crap, can you, can you believe what just happened? And it was just kind of like this joint breathing session almost it's just like oh my god that was wow this is really happening and wait who's are singing? we in a for real place <laughs> there's somebody serenading us like, what is this place um so i think that's so yeah. meaningful to take that moment i think you're right it's like you got off the surfboard for a second mm-hmm. you, uh-huh. you got off the wave and you sort of came back into yourselves and each other and processed the moment and then you can go back out into the water and get swept up and dancing and all that and um 
but I love yeah. that. You mentioned yeah, that. And so we built, and we built that very specifically into the day ahead of time because we knew that once the day got moving, it was going to be hard to find that space. Yeah, and that was that was something I stole shamelessly from a friend of mine. She had done that at her wedding, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's a brilliant idea. We need to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, and the, and the thing in the morning, too, like the, the meditation was lovely, uh, but I think more than anything, the the unexpected just walk that we took was just so quiet. And I think, you know, there's some traditions where you don't see each other before the ceremony the day of. Um, but if that's not somebody's tradition, I would highly recommend just kind of taking a walk together to like, you know, be present in that day, in that morning and kind of, cause we we're, I don't know about Laura. I was also like a little freaked out and it was just really helpful to just have like a nice stroll through the countryside, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of helped calm me down and bring me into the day. I've talked and written and just extensively reviewed the fact that I wish I had done that. <laughs> I just wish I could have seen my partner before. I think it would have been so grounding. So mm. I definitely, that all really resonates with me. You mentioned a couple of times about Christmas and Christmas carols. So why did you decide to have a Christmas wedding? Great question. Um <laughs> People... Great question from somebody who's pretending they don't know us. <laughs> <laughs> well, the listeners don't know you. <laughs> one, of, um, one of my earliest memories of our relationship um, was that uh, that December, so we met in September, and that December, Jason invited me to go Christmas, uh, go find a Christmas tree together. Um, cause he had a strong family tradition of getting fresh trees, uh, that, that they would cut down at a farm. And so he and I went and each got a tree, um, and brought it home. Like we piled two trees on top of his parents, very old green van, um, and drove it back to Somerville and Cambridge and put up Christmas trees in each other's houses and decorated each other's trees together. And it was like, it was our first Christmas as a couple. Um, we'd only been dating for a couple of months, but his love of Christmas almost outshone my love of Christmas. Um, (laughs) and so that was a very early memory. And then we, we went to Disney World several times uh, in the course of our relationship around Christmas time. Uh, and we would host, uh, we started hosting a big Christmas party every year for our friends in the area um, where there was caroling and I would cook a lot and, you know, he would wear his Grinch t-shirt and I would wear kind of this <laughs> red, uh, you know, 1950s dress uh, that kind of made me think of old classic Christmas stories. And so Christmas and decorating for Christmas and you know, celebrating Christmas with our friends and family is something that's kind of a a cornerstone of our relationship. Um, And we felt what better way to celebrate our relationship in our community than to throw the Christmas party to end all Christmas parties. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, um, I mean, yes, all of that is true. Uh, And as you were saying that, I was just kind of thinking too, that like the, so much thought went into like personalizing all kind of aspects of the wedding. Um, and a lot of people commented, it's like, wow, it was amazing. Like kind of like at every turn, there was just like another bit of you and like people felt included. Um, but I think like everyone knows that we're both obsessed with Christmas. So like just the fact that it was a Christmas wedding with Christmas trees and Christmas music, it just kind of very clearly made it ours. Yeah, I think so. 
I want to dig more into what you were saying about all the personal touches that were you about the wedding, but we can start with the Christmas aspect. (laughs) So you said on the Friday night, there was tree decorating and carol singing and Coco. And (laughs) that was one thing or many things, actually. (laughs) Were there other things? (laughs) <laughs> uh, yes I mean, do you want us to go through the list of like all the little christmas touches maybe um, a few highlights um yeah i mean so the i think probably the biggest one um was that the favor of the wedding for all the guests were christmas ornaments but not just christmas ornaments they were christmas ornaments that we with lara's cousins and her family made um, and they were made from the excess invitations and save the dates from our wedding. So we shredded them, curled them, stuck them, stuck them in a glass bauble, kind of decorated them and made like 120 of them. And so those were the favors, but it was also very kind of, there was a lot of love put into it. There was a lot of, um, kind of us and like the wedding. So it was, it was just very, very personalized. That was one. Um, and I, I, I want to pause the, on that one for a second keep going. Um, in, in that in addition to it being like very much centered around like things from the wedding and around Christmas and us, like it also recycled the leftover invitations, which is very (laughs) important to us. We're actually very focused on like recycling and composting and trying to be very mindful of our impact on the environment. Um, And it was also made with our community. So I think that was the other piece was that like it, it was, it came about because of the effort of many, who loved us and um, they put their love into it as much as we put our love into it. And then we got to share it with all of our guests through a tree decorating where we were including everybody in the act of decorating for the wedding. So everybody who was at this welcome event also got to help prepare for the wedding and be a part of making that day as beautiful as it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all the ornaments were then, everyone helped put them on the tree, and then the next day when everyone left, they were supposed to take one of the ornaments off the tree. Um, so just, again, kind of like, um, how do you, I wanted people to feel like they had like a part mm-hmm. and like kind of belonged. One of my favorite weddings that I went to was one of my cousin's weddings that was a potluck wedding, mm-hmm. um, which was great because, A, there's such variety of food, but like, you know, if you're stuck at a table that you don't really know anyone, you immediately have an icebreaker, you know, of like, oh, what did you make? What did you make? And everyone kind of felt like they were part of that wedding. And so just like all those little things of like, how can we kind of help people feel like they're not just here watching this, but they're here Mm -hmm. participating um, was really important going into it. Um, And I will say this too, just as a um, little bit of advice. So we had a lot of leftover, invitations and save the dates and yes laura is absolutely correct we wanted to recycle them um one thing we didn't really think through on the math beforehand um we still have some of those left over because wow do we have a lot of them just just a quick piece of advice if you're going to send save the dates save the dates are for the people that you know are coming not everybody that you might possibly invite and likely a lot of those people are couples so you only need one save the date per couple you don't need one save the date for every possible person you might invite to your wedding you probably need about a quarter of that just fyi a small oversight (laughs) just turned into something beautiful (laughs) turned into something beautiful um i I think another detail that was christmas themed but very special to me um was that um every year jason has this kind of um 
He has multiple DVDs and kind of, uh, computer files of classic Christmas movies, The Grinch and um, The Night Before Christmas and et cetera. And so we had my cousin, who's a graphic designer, uh, Julia Bolanich, small shout out, um, <laughs> who um, took the DVD covers or the movie covers for all of these old classic movies and turned them into our table numbers. So um, it was like a small detail, uh, but when people went to their tables, they maybe they were sitting at the Polar Express table or um, the It's a Wonderful Life table. So I, I liked that one in particular. That was a nice one. Yeah, let's see what else. There were Christmas movies playing downstairs in the game room kind of during the reception. So if there were any kids or people who just wanted to go hang out and watch Christmas movies, <laughs> that was there. Um Lara gave me Grinch cufflinks and like, you know, just this little, like hardly anybody even saw them, but the few people that saw them were like, wait a minute, are you kidding me? You get like, just all these like small little details, which were really fun for us and really fun for kind of anybody else who stumbled upon them. Yeah. And why was Carol singing, uh, relevant? (laughs) Um, so I was, um, before becoming a speech therapist, which is my profession now, um, I was a singer and, um, all through, uh, college as well as, um, in my professional life, um, you know, church work was always kind of the cornerstone of my, um, singing career is that, you know, you sing in a choir on Sundays and then you seek out your solo career outside of that. And so big Christmas events with carols were always really, really important to me. Um, they became like very emotionally uh, loaded kind of times of year when you're talking about, you know, light versus dark and it's winter and the days are shorter and, you know, singing brings such joy in general and Christmas carols are some of the happiest music you can sing. Um, And so it was very important to me when we were having our Christmas parties um, that caroling be a part of it. Um, And, um, so I wanted to make sure that we incorporated that into our wedding as well, that there's, uh, I also have a, my family has a tradition of kind of caroling around the, t- uh, the piano, um, when I was growing up. So it's kind of like connected a lot of parts of my life and singing is of course very important to me. So, uh, it kind of reflected that, um, that piece of my life. <laughs> yeah. And I would add too that, um, like there's, another aspect of like having more things that people can participate in as opposed mm. to just watch from the sidelines. Mm. Um, and that, and that was great too. Like, you know, there's people who are really good singers who loved and they hopped in and there are people who are not very good singers, um, who just kind of loved fun. singing. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about myself, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and other people were just kind of like, oh, this is like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not really a singer, but like, look at how much fun this is. Let me hop in and, and join this, um, which was really great. And added bonus that, you know, my, one of my best friends, Steve Hackbarth, who played the piano at all of our Christmas parties was in the wedding party and he was the one playing the piano. So it was just, um, yeah, again, it was, it was very, very us, uh, and it was very inclusive and like activity oriented, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Definitely. One thing that, well, hold on, I'm deciding where to go next. (laughs) (laughs) So Lara, earlier you mentioned something about there being a lot of opinions. I'm curious Mm. uh, if you could speak a little more to what you were alluding to. (laughs) I think that I was surprised, not that there were other opinions, but how strongly people felt about them. 
Hmm. Um, so uh, when I was trying and, on, go ahead, Jace. I was going to just because we're talking in the planning process, yes? Yeah, and I think or, we're talking or other times too. Yeah. primarily in the planning process, you know, when you, I know you were so thoughtful about all of these details, and I guess I'm curious if that was filled with ease or if there was, <laughs> uh, if there were things that made it difficult to be as intentional mm -hmm. as you were. I think that that's, I mean, it's a good question and something that Jason and I thought a lot about during the planning process and still continue to reflect on after the fact. Um, because, you know, I think the time of a wedding is a very emotional time, not just for the two people who are, you know, moving uh, on with a life together, who are starting a life together, but all of the people who are invested in those two people, particularly family, um, I would say, um, tend to have a lot of hopes and expectations for those two people. And, you know, that may come along with certain expectations of what it means to, to be wed. What does it mean to get married? Um, and so we had to do quite a lot of thinking about that just for our own selves. Um, but also because there were a lot of conversations had with, you know, various people, um, that were helping us with the planning process. So for example, neither Jason nor I are, are particularly religious. And although we were both raised Christian, um, and the question came up from multiple family members about, oh, well, are you going to get married in a church? And our answer was no, and that we were going to go with an officiant. And we wanted our officiant to be somebody who we knew, not, um, we didn't want to hire an officiant who didn't know us and was just coming in to marry us. It meant more to us to have somebody who had a relationship with us and knew us as a couple um, who would marry us. And that was very special and important to us. And what we didn't really realize was how strongly some people would feel about that, both from the religious perspective, uh, from the legal perspective, whether it meant we were taking weddings seriously or not. So it was very interesting kind of bumping into all these opinions about this when we thought like, you know, we had a very strong reason for it and we felt very confident and good about it. And then we were like, wow, um, there's more, you know, people have more thoughts about this than, than that. So. I was waiting to see if Jason was going to jump in. Uh <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I can jump in. Um, the, yeah, or we can just we can just, we can just go forward. <laughs> um, so, how did you manage those expectations? Deal with those contrasting opinions. Mm -hmm. What are some strategies that you used to stick with what you decided you truly wanted? Well, I would say that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a straightforward process. And we were kind of figuring things out as we went along for much of this, which means in hindsight, we have some really great advice for people. Um, <laughs> um, but I think what it did cause us to do was, and Jason, you're very big on this, like, it did really cause us to examine why we were doing each part of the wedding um, and make, you know, kind of shore up our answers to that. And if we didn't have an answer to kind of think about, well, why don't we have an answer for that? And is it really important? Or and if it is important and we can't really, why, why is it important to us? Hmm. Yeah, I, I would I would slightly flip the order of two of those things, maybe. I feel like that was a process we were engaging in before we ran into um, these strong opinions. And that process, and having already done a bit of work on it, was helpful 
in navigating all of these differences mm-hmm. of opinion. I, I just, yeah, just to make clear that it wasn't like, oh, people are having these opinions. Well, maybe we should examine why we're doing this. Like, no, that was something that we kind of built in. I wanted to make sure it's like, all right, there are a lot of wedding traditions out there. And I just wanted to make sure that we weren't doing something just because we were supposed to without really thinking it through as to why it was meaningful and, to us. Absolutely. And I mean, I would also add to that, that any time that you're getting strong opinions, um, even though it can be really challenging and, you know, not every situation is, is going to be like ours, but um, that, you know, people have strong opinions because they really care. Um, and even though it may feel kind of um, confrontational um, that it's coming from a place of love, generally speaking. Um, so I think that was one of those things that helped us navigate it too, is like, you know, kind of a gentleness with ourselves and a gentleness with our, you know, whoever was helping with the planning and at that time. And I will say too, like, I'm very, I'm very glad that we kind of navigated and stuck to our guns the way that we did. Cause like at the day of, and the day after everybody, you know, came up to us and was like, this was amazing. And this was so like quintessentially you. Um, and even people who had these strong opinions kind of commented how like the things that they, you know, wouldn't have chosen to do or didn't understand why we were doing them. Like once they saw it in action, we're like, wow, this was really, really special and meaningful. Um, so I'm glad that we kind of said like, yes, let's navigate these opinions and make sure that we make it true to ourselves. I think that's so reassuring probably for a lot of people to hear that even those who were perhaps in opposition to your ideas came around and said it was great and said it truly was authentic to you. And I would agree with that being a guest and a friend. Um, Yeah. And so it sounds like your strategy was to take the time together to really understand what you wanted. And then when people came with some opposition to that, just kind of treating them gently and kindly, but also asserting yourself, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that what we tried to do was to thank them for their, you know, for their thought and for their care and for their opinion, <laughs> and explain our reason, and say, you know, this is why we're doing it. And it's important to us. Mm-hmm. That sometimes had to be said more than once. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> I like I appreciate you stating stating that because I think sometimes that very practical what does that conversation sound like can get mm-hmm. lost in the advice. So yeah, I just having to explain and restate firmly, repeatedly mm-hmm. until and simply move ahead with what and, <laughs> and, and the fact that you've decided that you value it makes it easier to fight for mm-hmm. it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean because if there were certain things where it's just like, if we just kind of said like, all right, we're supposed to do this. We don't want to do it. Other people want us to do it. It's just a tradition. I don't, the wedding would not have been the same. It would not have been us, you know, in, in certain things. Um, and, and yeah, Laura was right. Like we definitely had to repeat it several times and it's like, you know, you can have that framework of the conversation. That doesn't mean it's always going to go well. Like you may like maybe the third time it finally goes well. Um, (laughs) but, yeah, I think, you know, especially like Laura said, recognizing that these are people who really care about you. Mm-hmm. And even though there might be strife, that strife is born from caring about you, um, which is a good reminder. 
to maybe tack up on a board somewhere in your house. <laughs> a reminder to have patience because it's mm-hmm. all in love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, of course, you know, like it doesn't mean that it's, it isn't hard and it doesn't, you know, maybe, you know, feelings can get hurt in these things. It's easy to. It's very high emotional, um, you know, it's a very emotionally salient time. Um, and people do have certain, you know, thoughts or expectations of that. And, you know, so that can be hard to navigate. And, but I think, again, that gentleness approaching yourself and your loved ones with gentleness is, is your path forward. Mm -hmm. And I will say too, um, maybe one last thing is kind of feels like we're (laughs) repeating ourselves a lot in this as for emphasis. This is editing happens. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, I think maybe the repetition in this one might be, might be key. Um, but as much as we could, and I would recommend this to anyone as much as they can, having forward thinking, framing uh, upfront kind of what's important to you and what you know decisions you've already made or what kind of pool of things you're choosing from. Like, let's say you're looking at venues, so you know, like, oh, we've looked at these five places. Can you help us decide amongst them? Like any kind of framing as opposed to just saying like we want to get married and we don't really know what we're going to do and then all of a sudden there'll be this inflood of opinions and then once you kind of say oh i don't really like that one i don't really like that one you're setting yourself up for a lot of like people getting their feelings hurt mm-hmm. or strife but if there's a framework ahead of time i think it'll help those conversations go smoother and when you then are repeating yourself you're reiterating something that you've kind of stated up front as opposed to springing something new on somebody. I think that could be helpful. So there's a way to involve people who are interested parties who want to be involved, but only within the confines of sort of the values that you've already set. Mm -hmm. Theoretically. (laughs) I think what it does is it helps to channel everyone's energy towards the same goal and it allows it to be a little more, um, you can, you can kind of set aside the, um, parameters that you didn't really want to kind of consider. Like, for example, we didn't want to get married in Massachusetts, like uh, in Boston, and we didn't want to get married on Long Island. We wanted to maybe get married somewhere kind of West Mass or Connecticut or somewhere kind of in the middle that was a little separated from the city. Um, and so by maybe stating, you know, this is the area that we're considering for venues. It helps channel everybody's energy towards finding a venue in that area. And then that can be like a really joyful, fun activity for everyone to do together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one last piece that springs to mind too, is that where whenever possible, it's very helpful to have like direct conversations. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, um, you know, very clearly stating what you mean, uh, which might take some time to think about it ahead of time, but also whenever possible, talking to a person directly as opposed to talking to someone about something that somebody else might think or kind of <laughs> you had a conversation with somebody and you relay it to your partner um, because things get muddled in there. There's interpretations. And oftentimes I know when Laura and I were talking about to each other about conversations we had had with people that were difficult, we were sitting there in our own kind of frustration and that's what was coming across. So the person who hadn't been in the conversation is hearing all of this frustration. It's like, wow, this seems horrible, but that might've just been like a small piece of it and they're kind of missing the context. So whenever possible, I think it's helpful to recognize that like everybody's human, including the two of you. Um, and it's best to just 
talk to people face to face because there was definitely times where people were like oh no that's not going to work they're not going to want to do that and then we talked to that person like oh yeah that sounds great <laughs> and it's like wait what <laughs> i think that what you're described like i was holding back laughter because i just know exactly what you mean when there's all these interested parties and and then they're all talking to each other about what you're saying and it just gets so muddled but i think too that's like the pitfall of creating a wedding around community mm -hmm. and having a lot of people involved it's sort of you don't know what people want to give or what they will think about a certain thing unless you ask them directly and I think that is like it seems like obvious advice but it's really not once you get into it and there's all these moving pieces mm -hmm. and emotions um so I think it's <laughs> helpful to point that out Absolutely. <laughs> that you being direct and clear with each person about what you need or what you want or what you've decided or what you need help deciding kind of just eliminates some of the must. Some of it. I think that it's unavoidable. There will be some level of stress or discord or disagreement or opinion. And that's part of a planning process. It's part of like growing uh, in, in like, you know, the year or however long you have to plan your wedding. It's a time of growing for yourself and with your partner and with the people you're planning the wedding with. Um, and you can't do it alone. You, you know, I cannot plan our wedding by myself. I needed Jason. I needed my parents <laughs> and his parents and our, the people in our wedding party. So, and with the big group, you're right. It's kind of the pitfall and the nature of working with a group. There will be times of some discord. Um, it doesn't mean that the whole process is going to be stressful and strifeful, but, um, I think putting it in its context and saying like, yep, I know that this is going to happen and I'm as prepared for it as I can be and there will be things I can't plan for and I'm just going to keep on rolling along. Yeah, and I would, okay, there's so many like, and yes, one more thing. Um, this is, wow, let's, let's not have the entire <laughs> podcast be about this, but um, I think it's also really helpful to remember that the two of you are on the same team. Um, that can get really tricky mm. sometimes too, where, you know, especially if somebody's relaying a conversation or somebody's kind of put a lot of work into something and they want your opinion on it. And it's like, oh, well, I don't, I don't really have an opinion on this one. It's like, uh, there's, there's a conversation that happens there. Um, as opposed to just kind of getting annoyed with each other. It's like, oh, again, remember you're on the same team. This is coming all from like a place of love. Um, but yeah, just, that's another good reminder. Because, again, there's going to be frustrations, but, yeah. I think that, yeah, and our experience of the planning process was a little different. Um, I think Jason came in towards, more towards the end, and that was a little, and in hindsight, you were saying to me uh, earlier that that ended up being a little more stressful, whereas I got to uh, spread out all of my stress <laughs> across the whole year. So it was, you know, much less intense. Yeah. And I, well, and I think too, like there were certain conversations that were being had with you that I didn't even know about. Um, and then I, they'd come to me like later, I was like, wait, what? Um, so yeah, as much <laughs> as you can, like being, being involved up front and like directly with the people and from the beginning, um, isn't, yeah, that can be helpful. <laughs> So we've talked a lot about kind of collaborating on the wedding and different parties involved. And that to me kind of brings up a question about budget, um, which I just always like to ask, you know, you're making all these decisions and no one has an infinite budget. So you're always going to have to prioritize the things that are important to you and deprioritize things that aren't as important to you. I'm curious, what were the things that were really important to include and what were the things that maybe just weren't as important to you and you did it a clever way or a, a different way or a cheaper way? <laughs> um, I mean, well, so 
most of this, like a lot of the stuff at our venue was included. Um, like they did all the decorating, um, you know, the, the food was just kind of included. We could kind of, you know, add on things if we wanted to, but there was a lot of things that were just kind of already taken care of within the major venue cost. Um, and there were, you know, like the ornaments, there were things that we did ourselves, Lara and, um, you know, pulling in the help of her cousin, the designer as well. They did the, the, uh, the programs for the day themselves. Um, I'm just going to say one thing about budget, which isn't exactly your question. And I'm going to let Laura answer the question about like, what do we do ourselves and how we make these decisions? Um, either there's no such thing as infinite budget. And if you are getting help with the budget, um, from other people, if other people are contributing, um, I would recommend talking to them individually as opposed to like, oh, let's get everybody together who's talking about the budget and figure out what's our budget. What are we comfortable spending? Um, because I think the people are a little uncomfortable talking about money, even though everyone's going to know mm-hmm. what the money is in the end. It's just it's, money is a difficult thing to talk about. Uh, and I think talking to people individually first and then maybe a group meeting if you feel that's useful. Um, but just even establishing the budget up front. Like you got to figure it's like, how much are we going to spend? Well, if you're getting help from other people, mm-hmm. you don't have all the answers to that without talking to them first. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that was, that was a tricky thing we navigated. We navigated it fine in the end, but that was like another unexpected, like, huh, I didn't think that was going to go that way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But back to your original question, Laura. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so just to no, go ahead, Shana. I mean, it sounds like you're, same advice from before having those really direct Mm -hmm. conversations because if you are trying to plan a wedding based on values based on finance I mean all the decisions kind of come back to knowing what you're starting with Mm -hmm. knowing what you're aiming toward and so establishing that before you can really move forward with anything it sounds like was was the strategy here well I think we needed to know um up front like we had a certain amount of money that we could spend and we knew that our two families would want to uh, wanted to help but we really didn't know where like with our money alone uh it would be a very different focus in anything in seeking out the venue and the food and what we would wear etc um but we really didn't know what that would look like until we had a good a clear idea from everybody what they were comfortable helping us with and uh you know once we had that in mind then we could start looking at at narrowing our search for a venue um, so in terms of things that were important to us, the venue was very important to us. For Jason, the atmosphere needed to feel um, needed to feel right, and and the manor was surrounded by a forest, which is uh, nature is very important to both of us, and especially to Jason. Um, and for me, the most important thing was the food. I needed, um, you know, I come from a big Italian family. We love. Uh, to eat when we celebrate. We have lots of food all the time. Um, And so for me, like not only the quality of the food, but that it would feel kind of like a Christmas party to me, which it equals lots of food. Um, And our venue definitely came through on both counts. Um, the, The setting was unbeatable and the food was fantastic. They have their own chef, uh, Chef Mike, and he works with you to design, uh, all of the aspects of the food for the weekend uh, for each couple individually. Um, So the food was outstanding. 
Um, and I think that's really where the majority <laughs> of our budget went was to this venue that really gave us everything we were looking for in the weekend and in the ambiance and the food and et cetera. Um, and I think places, I don't think that I, I don't think I really thought about the programs or the ornaments or any of that as like ways to cut costs, but rather as ways to make it more personalized um, and more about mm us. Um, and it did end up being less expensive that way. I made our cake topper, um, but that's because it kind of reflects my my crafty side uh, and things that I love. Like I like making things for people. I like crafting. I don't get to do it as much as I used to, but I kind of saw those things as reflecting that side of me um, rather than just a, a cost-saving thing. Flip side of that, sorry, quick comment. If you're going to make your own programs, I would advise them being somewhat practical in their design rather than a threefold trifold with three extra pieces that you have to glue on and cut yeah, into and the it, right shape. It is just not the thing that you want to be doing two weeks before your wedding or a week before your wedding when you're in high stress mode. <laughs> and I think one thing that I heard when you're talking about the venue and how they have the decor and they have the food and they have just, I mean, so much ambiance, uh, is that, you know, one of the priorities was simplicity. It was that everything was kind of centralized. You mm -hmm. didn't have to interview a million right. caterers or, you know, pick out, I mean, maybe you did still pick out linens and things, but it was all sort of there for you. And so the big priority that I'm hearing was that it was kind of cohesively, you know, you didn't have to find as many things or pieces as that it was all there for you. It was all there for us and and kind of like it was what we wanted it to be and we could add to it and have them add to it to make it more of what we wanted the experience to be. But at the end of the day, like we were very hands off at the at the venue. They had Ted, our host, who ran everything and Jackie, their designer, who put it all together. Um, you know, I know that there are some friends of mine who have really enjoyed getting to the venue early and decorating it themselves and then having to break it down after the wedding. But since our priority really was wanting to spend time with our guests, that was really where having a venue that did all of this for us um, became such a perfect fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they did a great job of like working with us too. Like Jackie, you know, set up kind of, we told her generally what we were looking for from the design. She showed us some kind of like ideas and samples and we kind of tweaked those back and forth with her. And then she kind of ran with it. Like it, we didn't really have to do too much and they had a lot to choose from. So it still was very, very personal. And they, um, you know, Laura was saying like some of these things that we did on our own wasn't specifically for cost cutting, but it was because it was meaningful to us. Uh, and you're talking about food. And I was remembering too, that we supplied the ice cream. Mm. We went and bought the ice cream ahead of time because ice cream is really important <laughs> to us. Um, and especially me, the ice cream came from my hometown. Um, and it was like, I think our third date, I brought her out there. I was like, you have to try this best ice cream in the world. And, you know, a lot of the family and stuff, they knew the ice creams. So it was like, oh, we need to have this ice cream at this wedding. And so we ended up buying the ice cream, which was a cost savings, I'm sure. Um, but not because it was a cost savings. Right. So there are a couple of other details, because I know you guys were so infused into this whole day. Um, and I just wanted you to touch on your ceremony a little bit, if you could, and how you put that together and some of the details there. Yeah, who goes first? Um, <laughs> I elect you. Oh, okay. Um, so let's see. Yeah, there's 
there's ceremony um, and then there's vows, which I kind of think is two separate things. Um, oh, and then readings, I guess, is kind of a third distinct piece. Um, as Laura said, we, we worked with um, our officiant who had never um, done this before. She was just one of my dearest and closest friends. And it was like, yep, she needs to be the one to marry us. Um, but she's she was a writer and really really good with words and really you know put a lot of effort into it and we so we sat and we met with her several times and we're like here's the pieces that we'd like to incorporate in this we talked about you know community as well there was a whole section on like does everyone here kind of pledge to support so there's kind of again a bit of an audience participation i suppose um and she kind of went away and drafted it. And we met with her several times throughout the year specifically to kind of go over that. Um, and she found um, some readings from, I think Neil Gaiman mm -hmm. was one of them that like spoke to her. So it was really nice to have her bring like herself into it as well, because she was someone who was so close to us that anything that she brought in about kind of like relationships and thinking about us was going to be meaningful to us as well. Um so that was kind of that one third of it. And then the the readings were something that we actually went back and forth on a little bit. Um, we had a couple we had a couple of readings picked and we we're like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. And then later on, we found some better ones like, oh, no, this speaks much more to what we were talking about. Uh, and we split them into two kind of categories. Again, like it's like what's meaningful to us. We didn't want to just say like, oh, what's a what's a very beautiful reading? Let's throw that in there. It's like it had to come first from why are we having a reading like what's what's the point of having someone up stand up there and read something mm -hmm. well it has to be meaningful to us it has to say something about our lives and kind of what's what we value um and the the two sections there was a a pair of readings on nature um and then a bunch of selections from mr rogers um because he's enormously important to me and i just think you know has one of the best outlooks on relationships in the world um and so the, we kind of pieced those together and worked with joanne again um i don't think i've said this joanne was our officiant let's put a name <laughs> to it um and those those kind of pieced together and were really incredibly meaningful and everybody came up to us afterwards like that was one of the best ceremonies i've ever seen like it was just so you were in every corner of it um which was fantastic and I've talked a lot. Laura, do you want to talk about the vows? Oh, nuts. That's the hard <laughs> one. <laughs> um, I actually found the vows one of the most challenging things of the planning process. Um, I, had, I had anxiety dreams um, in the summer leading up to our wedding about vows <laughs> and not having written my vows before we got up to standing in front of each other um, and everything else would be going wrong with the wedding and then I would not have written my vows or, you know. Um, and, and I kept finding myself, I'm, you know, I'm not exactly a, um, per, uh, concise person. I'm a bit verbose. I always have something to say. Um, and I usually have a fair amount to say about it. And I found myself so, uh, daunted by the I, idea of having to capture, um, our relationship and what Jason meant to me and what marriage meant to me in, in such a short, you know, little timepiece, um, in just, a, you know, however many words they ended up being, um, that I really had some pretty serious writer's block, um, all the way up until 
uh, the month of our wedding. And Jason, you know, kept bragging to me, not bragging, but he kept being like, oh, I've known what I've wanted to say. Oh, I know what I want to say. And, you know, like had this confidence, like it was just like not um, that it was already uh, pre-formulated in his mind and um, that he felt very good about it, which made me feel even worse about it. <laughs> um, and so we actually went through when we were getting to the point of like the ceremony was getting um, really nicely solidified. Everything was feeling like it had a really good flow to it. And finally, I, we decided and I said, I, I really need to hear your vows. Like, I, re I really need to hear uh, and get an idea of what the content of your vows is. Um, it was, it, you know, I, I was just, I needed a starting point. And so he kind of gave me a summary and he's like, just here's the, here's the short of it. And why don't you go and, you know, give your shot at the vows and then we'll read them to each other the next time we run through the ceremony. And we did. And they both ended up being very, um, very different, but also very um, authentic and genuine and meaningful. Um, so even though each had a slightly different tenor in a very different direction uh, on what marriage was, it still got to the same point of, of how much we cared about each other. Um, so the vow writing was a very difficult process, but I think it was because we both took it very seriously. Um, and it, it was really meant to be something that was a marker of um, our intention for the whole day, for the whole weekend, for our whole life before and leading up to and beyond. So... Yeah, and I'll just add that, um, so our vows consisted of kind of two pieces. One was uh, an individual thing that we had each writ written, and then afterwards were a, like a, a selection of promises that we both agreed upon ahead of time. So we read our individual thing, and then we read the same promise that each of us would both read. Um, and yeah, I, I would recommend if you're going to do the individual vows, read them to mm -hmm. each other ahead of time. People came up to me afterwards and was like, wow, her vows were incredible. And I was like, man, I wouldn't want to follow that. And boy, I hope they talk to each other about this ahead of time. Because if his are like, you know, not that good or <laughs> funny or silly, like this is not going to go well. Um, but then, they, then they're like, but then you read yours. And I was like, wow, his were like, oh my God. And it was just like, yes, we had the same tone. You want to make sure that you're pretty much on the same page whatever page you're going to be on is fine but you know it's not a bad idea and also if you're not going to be wearing waterproof mascara or whatever you do want to hear them ahead of time because even hearing <laughs> them the second or third time i was a total mess <laughs> um i actually i haven't heard that advice before and i really think it's interesting and i like it and one thing i want to point out is <laughs> what you just said lara that even though you'd heard them before, you still felt the power of that mm -hmm. moment. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. I think that the first time he read them, uh, if that had been our wedding day, I think that would have been really hard to move on with the rest of the ceremony and be present in the rest of the ceremony because they were, they were powerful and beautiful words. And I wanted the moment to absorb them fully. Um, and then when they happened in the context of the ceremony, it was still very emotionally impactful, but it happened within the context of everything else going on. So I had the, mo the, the opportunity to appreciate it on its own for what it was, as well as in the context of the ceremony, which was really special. Mm -hmm. 
That's kind of the same thing I say when talking about should I do a first look or shouldn't I do mm. a first look? And I think you think about that big moment, but I don't I don't think it takes away. I think it adds richness, like just like you said. And I think hearing a poem multiple times, you hear it a different way, it adds richness, mm -hmm. you know, and I just, yeah, I think that's really interesting. That's an interesting point that you guys made and an interesting choice. And I like yeah, it a lot. Well, and that worked for <laughs> us, you know, it may not work for everybody. Maybe people do want it to be a surprise, but we, we really mm -hmm. felt that it added to, to our, uh, to our uh, creative process, shall we say. One last thing I want to touch on before we get to the advice section, our final section of the podcast is. The specific advice section. Um, so one thing I'd like to touch on is your outfits. I just want you to tell us a little bit about how you looked. <laughs> well, uh, um, you'll awesome. need to refer to uh, Shana's amazing blog of our wedding because she was our fabulous photographer. Um, but go ahead, Jason. Um, so uh, I'll talk about mine. You talk about yours. Is that okay? Okay. Um, well, as, as we've established, this was going to be a Christmas wedding and I had this visual in my head and I, it was more of an inspiration. I didn't follow it to the letter, but I wanted to be, um, Scrooge from the Muppets Christmas Carol, specifically Michael Caine's version of Scrooge. I just had this like Dickensian look in my head. I was like, yes, this is like classic Christmas. Um, and I didn't, I didn't do it exactly, but I ended up, what I ended up doing was essentially um, a royal wedding morning coat. Uh, I actually had to order my suit from London, which was actually <laughs> ridiculously cheap, um, considering it got here in like two days. It was, it was, it was nuts. But um, yeah, I wanted to go with like very, very classic Christmas. I didn't want to wear a tux. I wanted to have something that kind of stood out. Uh, I especially felt that like, you know, guys clothes can be very nice, but they're, you know, pretty much all the same like there's I've, i was in a restaurant once and i was wearing the exact same shirt as three <laughs> other guys there I was like this is this is silly and i'm not big into clothes i'm not big into fashion but when i dress up that's when i'm like nope i'm gonna have fun with this um so yeah so now i had like uh, the pinstripe pants i had a double-breasted vest i had a morning coat i had a top hat um, I even went and found this like really, really cool tie knot to do and like spent time practicing it ahead of time. Um, and I w was even shocked that like people even noticed there's like five people that like from across the room, they're like, what's going on with your tie? <laughs> um, and you know, that was just really fun. Just like putting the care into it. Um, and thinking like, yep, this is probably <laughs> the best I will ever look. And I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> tell us what the tie knot was in case anyone wants to be as cool as you. Um, it is, uh, it's an Eldridge knot. Apparently it's like four or five years old or something. It's not, it's not like a classic knot. Mm. This guy on the internet invented this knot. Um, and it just, it looks awesome. I went to like ties.com or something and they have like a whole section of like, here's how to tie all these different knots. And I just went and found like the most complicated looking <laughs> one. I was like, yep, I'm going to do that one. Um, and uh, complicated and classy. There was a couple that were complicated and bonkers. Um, but yeah, no, I, I loved that knot. I was just like, this is, I, I just, I don't know. I wanted to feel like proud of how I looked. Um, and especially too, because people were like, oh, can we, you know, can we help you pick out the clothes? Like family was like, it's like, no, I, I, I'm an adult. I can do this. I can do <laughs> I can this. I dress myself. Um, and so I wanted to just, yeah. Um, 
and kind of wanted to knock that out of the park, um, which... And you surely did. Yeah, I'll, I'll take my own horn <laughs> on that one. But I was, I'm so happy with that suit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was that was a lot of fun. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, I'll stop talking. You, you looked you looked awesome, very dapper. I, did, I, did. Um, I mean, I think I think that the you know for you especially because the the wedding dress is such an iconic piece of what a wedding is, and um, you can be playful with it. Um, but I I really loved how much Jason embraced that piece of uh, wedding planning. Um, so my dress um, was, I, I bought it from a bridal shop, but I, it was um, sleeveless to start. And I really had for, again, for a winter Christmas type wedding, had this vision of having um, off the shoulder um, three quarters sle lace sleeves. And so I had a dressmaker add onto the dress and it was uh, ivory off white, kind of winter white, um, very, subtly elegant and and uh lots of beautiful subtle embroidery on it i i loved my dress um but then also had these baller shoes the best shoes ever they were like victorian uh booty heels um again off-white with embroidery on them and i just loved them so if like finding this this little piece that made it kind of me again it wasn't a, a standard wedding shoe it was something kind of funky and fit our kind of victorian christmas theme um and then i had a uh, birdcage veil made on etsy uh with some flowers which uh ended up being quite lovely so mm -hmm. oh and of course my grandmother for our shower um presented me with this like trained um beautiful satin uh fur-lined cape and it was magnificent and it was you know trailed off behind me and had this beautiful hood and i felt like a like a fairy <laughs> princess um so you look like did... a snow queen like it was it like the first time i saw you i was like it was just blatantly snow queen it was very but, sweet when he when we did our first look uh he just kind of looked at like looked at me and and he was like oh, my <laughs> and and I was like yes <laughs> well I will put the link in the show notes to the blog in case anyone wants to see the beautiful snow queen and her scrooge <laughs> <laughs> right that's um, and I was like one, one other like small like kind of nice christmas touch of course this is kind of common these days like fun fancy socks but i was wearing christmas socks and we got christmas socks for all the guys um in the wedding party as well so not only did i have grinch cufflinks i had christmas socks as well awesome you guys looked amazing um so the final part of the show is to give a little bit of advice now i know you've given a lot of advice already but if there's one standout piece of wedding advice that you'd like to share now would be the time so jason any thoughts um God, i feel like i've like emptied myself <laughs> of all my advice already um the i guess to just really make sure that you take some time to kind of reflect and be in the moment and with each other i know that for me like it was actually it took me a little bit to like stop stressing and like just be in the moment and enjoy it the night before at the welcome party I was like trying to do things and people were like, stop <laughs> doing something. We'll, we'll take care of it. Um, and I was just like kind of nervous about, you know, who was here and was everyone having a good time and this, Oh, this thing wasn't exactly the way we wanted it to. Um, and we, 
you know, one of the traditions is that, you know, the bride and groom don't spend the night together. They sleep in separate rooms and they don't see each other the next day. But logistically, Laura and I, like, we had to be in the same room. Um, and I was actually really, really thankful for that because I was kind of freaking out a little bit and just having her there with me that night. It was very, very calming. Um, and, you know, all the stuff the next morning with the walk and kind of being present. Um, but then just, you know, after I finally stopped freaking out and, you know, being with other people, it was just like, oh, this is a really, really fun day. Um, and it was just so good to see all these people that, like, I hadn't necessarily seen in a long time. Um, so I guess if I had, like, one, like, major piece of advice, it would be find a way to mm. slow it down. And not so, like, you're like, oh, the day lasts longer, but, like, so that you can be in the moments. Because uh, there was a couple fast moments where it's like, I have no idea. Like, the um, the cocktail hour. I was really looking forward to the cocktail hour because we were going to have classic Christmas music going and the food is incredible. I don't, I don't think I saw any of the past hors d'oeuvres or any of the plated hors d'oeuvres. I just, like, I didn't see them. I, I was doing something else. I don't know what. I think talking we were taking people. pictures or t talking to people. Yeah, mostly just talking to people. But like it just flew by. Um, and then there were other moments where I was talking to people and I was just like so aware of how happy I was. Like there's, a, I think there's a difference between being happy and being aware mm. of how happy you mm. are. Um, and as much as you can kind of slow it down to find that awareness, I think we'll go a long way. I love it. I love all this sort of mindfulness and presence. It's so my jam. Okay, Lara, your piece of advice. I have two pieces of advice. Um, first of all, this was a piece of advice that somebody gave to me right before my wedding. And it, it was it was the silliest, but also the most practical piece of advice anybody could have ever given me, which was, ladies, wear comfortable underwear. Um <laughs> And, and like, it was just like one of those dumb moments. Um, and I was like, oh yeah. And it, you know, it's important. Um, my other piece of advice <laughs> is extending out Jason's uh, little piece of advice uh, to the whole planning process, which is, you know, you know that there are going to be things that are maybe a little stressful or a little challenging, or, you know, even just in keeping all of this stuff straight in your head, that's hard enough. But um, making sure that along the way you have touch points for finding the joy in the planning process. Mm. Um, the ornament making party wasn't an accident and it wasn't just for function. It was to take time with Jason and with my family to enjoy preparing. Um, and I think, you know, wherever you can, with whether it's shopping for your dress if that you know with your community and if that brings you joy like make it a day uh make it you know an event i went down and i went with my mom and jason's mom uh and my two grandmothers and we went dress shopping and it was a moment to kind of be together and build the you know build towards that day so taking the time throughout the planning process as well as the day of to kind of sit in the excitement and the anticipation and the joy um will help uh, a make the planning process easier and B like just kind of, um, add up to, um, this, this wonderful culminating event for you. Yeah. Cause I, I would, I would guess, and this is kind of felt like where you were going with this too, like, um, or what it resonates with me is that like the little things that don't quite go the way you wanted them to, you're not really going to remember. They're not going to ruin your wedding. Like, no one's going to care that your napkins aren't folded the way you initially envisioned. Um, but, like, the moments 
where you're with people and experiencing things, those mm-hmm. will stick with you. Uh, they don't just have to be that mm-hmm. day. Yeah, I yeah. think that's really excellent advice to if your wedding is about bringing people together in community, then allowing that to flow through the whole process and creating these moments to really enjoy it. I think, you know, you spoke about how having people involved was sometimes difficult, but it was also sort of the point, right? Like it was, and so really allowing them to participate in ways that are fun and enjoying them and finding those moments to just treasure the people who are are your community and who are coming together to celebrate you. I think that's really great. Mm. All right. The final piece is some relationship advice. So how long have you been together? Four and a half years. Mm -hmm. Share some relationship wisdom with us. Lara, do you want to go first? Yeah. So to always keep trying to not just make yourself understood, but to understand your partner. Um, that's, that's, I think, that's, I think my take home point is, is to always try not only to make yourself understood, but to understand your partner and where your partner is coming from. Um, and, you know, putting down the barriers of ego and, and remembering that it's not just, you know, you, that you're a team, that you have each other's backs, that you're working to build something together. Um, That would be my piece of advice. Awesome. Jason, (laughs) what would be your advice? Yeah, you took mine sort (laughs) of. It's good if you have the Um, same advice. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's not exactly the same, um, but it's pretty similar. I mean, I think I was thinking of it in terms of – if you feel like you're not being heard sometimes, like you're you're frustrated with something, I've found that sometimes the best way to be heard is to mm-hmm. first listen. That oftentimes when you feel like you're not being heard, it's because the other person is also mm-hmm. not feeling heard. And, you know, both people are kind of feeling like they need to really like make sure that they're heard. And so no one's getting heard. Um, but I've often found that like whenever we're, you know, things are difficult, um, one of us will kind of, stop slow down and just really listen and not worry about kind of getting their own word Mm -hmm. in um and as soon as that happens the whole tenor of everything just kind of softens um and then and then the other person is just it's just easier to then listen once you've been heard and you know it takes that first person to kind of make that initial slowdown um but it's very similar to to what laura was saying um (laughs) <laughs> I think that, <clears throat> sorry, um, that's going to be a spike. No You're going to want to edit out. <laughs> You'll see it. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, so that was, that was largely what Laura was saying. I was like, oh, I need a new piece of advice. Um, but <laughs> that's, that's a great piece of advice. I guess maybe that not everything is a competition. Is that a pretty good piece of advice? Um, well, right. And <laughs> I think, I think that if you give similar advice, it's because you've learned what works for the mm. two of you and what your potential obstacles are. Right. So it sounds like being right or feeling heard, you know, could be an obstacle, but as soon as you lean into the flip side, listening and, uh, letting them feel heard it mm-hmm. it just sort of like I loved how you said it softens yeah mm-hmm. hmm. yeah 
No, it really Excellent does. advice. All right. Any parting words that you want to share? Anything we didn't cover? If you're planning a wedding, congratulations and enjoy your day. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to share your incredible Christmas <laughs> manor wedding with us. Um, I loved hearing all about the details all over Thanks, again. Gina. Thank you. You're welcome.